Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. From Psalm 121 to be found on page 626 of the Church Bibles. Psalm 121 from the NIV. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. And now I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So I suggest you just close your eyes and listen to the words. I look up to the mountains and hills longing for God's help. But then I realize that our true help and protection come only from the Lord, our creator, who made the heavens and the earth. He will guard and guide me, never letting me stumble or fall. God is my keeper. He will never forget or ignore me. He will never slumber nor sleep. He is the guardian God for his people Israel. Jehovah himself will watch over you. He's always at your side to shelter you safely in his presence. He's protecting you from all danger both day and night. He will keep you from every form of evil or calamity as he continually watches over you. You will be guarded by God himself. You will be safe when you leave your home and safely you will return. He will protect you now and he'll protect you forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. I'm Elliot, Associate Minister for Youth, Children and Families. But today, I get to speak to you all, which is very exciting. And I love this passage. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Emmanuel Church, where does our help come from? That's a genuine question. Where do we, deep down, feel and act like our help comes from? Don't, act, don't answer yet. First, let's paint a picture 
of who would be singing this amazing song, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's out of the songbook of the Bible, the Psalms, the greatest hits of God's people. It's part of an album of songs called the Songs of Ascent. You could say they are climbing songs, ascent songs. So, you know, yesterday, I first went to Croywall for the first time in a, ahead of the youth trip on Friday. And you could, maybe I should have sung them then. I should have been like, I lift my eyes to the hills. I'm going to get to the top of the wall. Yay. Maybe, that, maybe we'll do that on Friday. I'm not sure. Might be a good way. Hmm. So, but, but actually, there were songs for pilgrims sung on the way to ascend the mountains of the Lord. So not just any mountains, the mountains of the Lord, Jerusalem, the holy city. They were songs as people came to worship God at special festivals. It's like driving home for Christmas, except it's much, much more intense as you had to travel hundreds of miles on foot. So here we have, this is one of the mountains near modern-day Jerusalem. And you could think the height of that is about sort of the 700-something meter mark. So we're talking about Brecon Beacons sort of size. Has anyone, has anyone been to Brecon Beacons before? We used to go there a lot when I was younger. So that sort of size, these hills that are coming up here. And imagine people traveling. They've been weary and traveling for hundreds of miles on foot. And they finally, finally, after all those camping, after all those nights, after not having much food, not having much water, weary and tired, and their legs aching, and the children who are with them are just so frustrated with traveling. And they see in the distance, they see those mountains. And they're like, there is where I'm going to meet God. There is where I'm going to worship. There is where I'm going to meet the living God. And you'd see that and you'd be like, I'm almost there. I'm almost at that place. That's the sort of thing we think of when we read these songs of ascent. Mountains are symbolic places where people meet with God. Jesus often prayed on a mountaintop. Today, we still speak of mountaintop experiences with God. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So this lifting of eyes to the mountains is actually a wonderfully profound prayer. Sometimes our prayers don't need words. Just that look of longing towards God is enough. Just like a child with their parent, sometimes all you need is that look, those eyes looking up at you to melt your heart. This, this psalm is the psalmist's look of love to God. One of my favorite Christian writers, the Catholic nun, St. Therese of Lazier, puts it beautifully. For me, prayer is a burst of my heart. It is a simple glance thrown towards heaven, a cry of thanksgiving and love in times of trial as well as times of joy. Frequently, only silence can express my prayer. One of the beautiful invitations that saturates the whole of Scripture is the invitation to prayer. So we're going to put on our pilgrim shoes today, and we'll go on a quick whistle-stop tour of just a few of the wondrous realities of prayer that we are invited into. First, we have prayer is a union, a connection with the infinite, infinite creativity of God. Second, 
Prayer is a thermometer, a measure that shows us how much we truly depend on God. And third, prayer is like the spring crocus emerging in our soul. When we see God stirring prayer in the hearts and the heart, in our hearts and the hearts of those around us, like the crocus, it's like a sign spring is coming. It's a sign God is preparing to do wonderful and great things in our midst and create new life. So, next slide. First, prayer, a union with infinite creativity. Now, when I say prayer, what does it mean to you? What does that conjure up the idea of? I'll tell you what I used to think of prayer. I used to think prayer equals boredom. Yes, I'm sure someone relates to that. I used to think prayer equals sitting still, hands together, close your eyes, and fall asleep. Because that's what I literally did when I was first starting to come to know Jesus. I just couldn't do the prayer thing. I was... I just was too tired. I don't think I slept enough at night. I just kept falling asleep. I just didn't relate to it. It was like a chore. It was like a thing I used to do that I felt like God would punish me if I didn't pray enough. But I like, was like just trying to get through it. I almost like repeated the Lord's Prayer almost like ritualistically to try and get God's favor. But my heart was just not in it. That's how I used to think of prayer. But what prayer is actually something, if you think about it, It's something that you cannot express to how profound it is. Verse 2 of the psalm, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If we actually really think about what that really means, what a vision that is. True prayer, true prayer is a communication, a point of connection, a union with the very God who made heaven and earth. That is Infinite, as in actual infinity, not just metaphorical infinity, infinite, without limit, infinite creativity, infinite possibility. As Jesus says in Matthew 19, with God, all things are possible. So next slide. Does anyone know this person? Put your hand up if you ever watched Bob Ross. I think, oh, a few of you. Look him up on YouTube. It's really quite wonderful, okay? Bob Ross, okay? When I thought of the infinite creativity of God, I thought of Bob Ross. He basically did these, paint, these um, programs called The Joy of Painting, and he'd paint a picture in front of you. It's down here. Um, over lockdown, someone at my old church did this in the style of Bob Ross. He does this technique that allows anyone to really be able to paint. And I'd really recommend having written, because the thing that he always does is he says, uh, just paint a little happy tree here. You can do whatever you want with your world. He has this, this sense that you are, even if you don't have control of anything else in the world, you do have control of what is in the painting. What's that got to do with this? Well, think about it. It's a bit like the painting, being able to, paint, being able to talk to the painter and say, oh, painter, oh, Bob, could you, um, could you paint a little happy, happy tree over here, please? Oh, could you paint a nice little um, friendly mountain over here. It's a bit like that. The creator of the whole universe, the one who actually invented every single bit, the one who invented all the laws of physics in the first place, the one who put everything in its place, the one who knows all of history, present and future, that's who we are connecting with. And the possibility behind that is absolutely mind-blowing. So, next slide. When we speak to God... Next slide, that's okay. Great. When we speak to God, 
we are speaking to the only one, the only one who is actually infinite. Any mathematicians here? Sometimes people say, is there an actual infinity? Does that exist? It does exist in God. He is actually infinite. He has no limits whatsoever. It's like the stars above. Have you ever gone walking in and look at the stars above and you think of how incredibly, ridiculously far away they all are and how long the light takes to travel to us? And you see that and you're like, that is just a tiny glimpse of the majesty of God that we are connecting with, that we are connecting with in prayer. That's just a tiny glimpse of it and literally an infinitesimally tiny glimpse of it. So, it is. Prayer is something with infinite possibility. And I find that very, very exciting. Next slide. So, second, prayer is a thermometer of dependence. When we need help, where do we look to? Do we truly feel my help My help, whenever I need help, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Or are we much more likely to look somewhere else? Now, here's a bit of uh, an illustration that I thought that's like a bit, you have to be like, you have to really, really go after it. But think about this. Imagine if there was a choice. Now, this choice would never actually happen, but just imagine it's a thought experiment. You could say, um, someone said, um, either... Uh, Emmanuel Church could be given a billion pounds and you could do all you want with it, all the mission you want with it, everything like a billion pounds. So basically, you, you could do a lot with that. Or the other choices, and again, it wouldn't be ever like this, but just imagine, just imagine, Emmanuel Church would be a place where people spontaneously meet to pray and genuinely desire to connect to, with God every single day of the week, continuously, all the time. There's so much hunger for prayer. People cannot stop praying. Which of those, which of those do you honestly think you would want more? Obviously, it would never be a choice between those two things. But I think, and I mean, this, this is me as well. I'm not saying that I, this is not something I'm like really good at. I think I would think, oh, I could do more with a billion pounds. We already have some prayer going. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I'll take the billion pounds. You can do so much with the billion pounds. But think about it. All money is, all money is really, is it's, it's a currency of influence over people. If there was no other people in the world, money wouldn't mean anything. Imagine if you took a million pounds, a billion pounds worth of banknotes to the sort of ancient history somewhere and tried to give them to someone. It wouldn't mean anything. It only means something because it has influence over society and it only has a limited amount of influence. Whereas prayer is connecting with the infinite influence of God. Prayer is union with infinite creativity. One billion doesn't really compare to infinity, does it? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. Unless the Lord uses the money, it's all in vain. So, the verse, the first verse says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains looking up at the mountains of Israel. The psalmist looks prayerfully to the mountains where they meet God. Our prayer shows us where we truly look for help. So, next slide. 
Here is this is a thermometer on the wall over there, actually. I thought it'd be nice, because there actually is a thermometer of the actual temperature in the church. Here's a nice little quote from Spurgeon. I know of no better thermometer to the spiritual temperature than this, the measure of the intensity of your prayer. So Spurgeon, who was just up the road from us, um, sort of a bit over 100 years ago, uh, he, was, he would say the secret to God moving in his services because he had situations where people were becoming Christians literally every single week. That was just a regular pattern in the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And what he would say is, he, said, he would say very, 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 very strongly that it's nothing to do with him. It's God working. It's because of the prayer that goes into us. And he would take the people who were asking about this to a place underneath the church where they would be praying continuously for whatever he was sharing in that, in that meeting. They'd be praying. And he would say, here is the powerhouse of this church. And he would say it was all because of the prayerfulness of the people he was with. It was nothing to do with some natural gifts that he had. It was all to do with that. So that thermometer on the wall, if that was the thermometer of the spiritual temperature of Emmanuel, the spiritual temperature of our prayer, what would it say? I'm not going to answer that. Just have a think. What do you think it would say? I say this as someone whose thermometer feels like it's cold enough to freeze oxygen sometimes. And this is not something that is meant to make us feel guilty. Often you hear these things like, you need to pray more. Pray, 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 pray. It's like that. It's this intense guilt thing. That's not what it's about. This is an invitation to unexplored realms of possibility. It's like discovering a new world. This is what we can be invited to. Next slide. Because maybe you think, our prayer is just for those super Christians who are really spiritual. I'm not really one of those. I don't have time for it. I'm just like, I, I don't have time for that sort of, I, just, I can barely get through the day as it is. Prayer, that's not what it's like. That's not what any of this is about. That is completely the wrong idea. Because prayer is for people who feel like that. And that is really, really, really specific. It's actually those who feel the weakest that are the strongest in their prayer. That's the whole idea of seeing that help come to God. It's like seeing, I don't have help anywhere else. I can't cope with my circumstances. I can't cope with what life is throwing at me. My help is in God. That pushes your help to be in God. If you think about who the psalm would have been read by, it would have been the exiles of Israel. They'd have been in a foreign land, oppressed by being the weakest in the country, it being like a terrible state. This was for them. This, was, this is for the weakest, the people who are oppressed, the people who don't have any power or influence of their own. That is who prayer is for. That's why Jesus rebuked the strong religious leaders who were really prayerful but thought they could do it themselves. Jesus lifted up the lowly. Jesus lifted up the humble because they were the ones who truly had that connection to God because they knew they couldn't do it. So that's why this is good news. Okay, fine. on to our final point. Next slide. Okay, now, I love crocuses. Who loves crocuses? I've seen some lovely crocuses in um, Hursby Road. Yes, that one. It's been some, it's wonderful. I always used to see the crocuses on the lawn of our garden, and I was like, I know spring is coming. I know that's what's happening. It was like, so what I thought, I was thinking about this. How could I express this? I think prayer is like the crocus emerging in our souls. What do I mean by that? To see a people excited about prayer means that God is on the move. 
as C.S. Lewis put it, Aslan is on the move, if you see prayer happening, preparing the way for bigger things. Prayer is like the precursor, the preparation for the bigger things that are ahead. It's like a sign that something's going to happen. Matthew Henry wrote, when God intends great mercy for his people, he first of all sets them praying. After all, prayer is not something mainly that we do, and this is another bit of good news. It's not something that we force ourselves to do. It's something that God does in us. Check out Romans 8, 26 to 27. This is such a helpful verse if you find praying frustrating, boring, or disengaging. In the same way, the Spirit helps us, not in our strength, but in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Lots of us might feel like that. But the Spirit himself intercedes through us through wordless groans. So the sense you can imagine a person groaning, a person doesn't even know the words to say. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God praying through us. Prayer is the work of God's Spirit in us. Crocuses are some of those first flowers of spring. When you see them, you know spring is coming. When you see that purple and that yellow and that gold, they are the prophets of new life. In the same way, when we see God working prayer in his church, it is a sign of spiritual springtime, prophetic of new life. Next slide. A few more quick illustrations of this. Prayer is like the stormy clouds before the rain in the desert that's going to bring the whole desert new life. Next. Prayer is like the swallows arriving from Africa in April or May. When you see those swallows flying in, you know that summer is coming soon. Next slide. Prayer is like the seedling emerging from the soil. That is just a little tiny seedling. You know that that's a sign that something is growing. If that's a little oak sapling, you know that's a sign that in, there's a huge oak tree that's going to grow in that place. When God intends great mercy for his people, he first of all sets them praying. Okay, final slide. What do we do with this? Don't be crushed with guilt. Don't despair. That's entirely the wrong thing. If you feel a longing to connect with the infinite creativity of God, or even just feel a bit interested in this idea, but you feel so dry and so bored and uninspired by the idea of speaking with God, there is good news. God will help you to pray. Remember, God, prayer is God's spirit's work in our hearts, not our own. He is the gardener planting those crocuses. And so if you long to connect with prayer, if you long to have that being a reality in your life, if you long to connect with the infinite creativity of God, but feel so dry towards it, Jesus gave us this prayer. This is what the disciples said to Jesus just before he gave them the Lord's Prayer. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And we can pray that too. It's written in the Bible for a reason. It's written there for us to pray that too. And here on the screen with these children dancing around, I thought that's a bit of a vision for a prayerful church. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We may feel like a desert land, like people of God wandering in the wilderness. But we look up, we look up to those mountains and in our mind's eye, we can see the mountain of God. 
where we meet him, where the abundance of rains and new life come. Ask God for that rain of longing to pray. Ask God for that rain to come over the whole church. And then when it comes, we let go of our reserve and our inhibitions, and we dance in the rain, filled with the pure and the wholesome, the unfeigned delight of little children. All this can come from the simple gateway prayer, Lord, teach us to pray. So, just to recap, prayer is a union, a connection with the infinite creativity of God. Two, prayer is a thermometer showing us how much we truly depend on God. Three, prayer is the spring crocus emerging in our soul, a sign of more wonderful things to come. If you feel stirred to pray together, we've got the amazing prayer on Saturday morning, 9 to 9.30. There's a new Thursday prayer, mor- prayer morning for revival in the What New Room, 7 to 7.30, or prayer at the center. And also there's prayer ministry at the end of the service. Or, take this, or if you want to start a prayer meeting yourself, Go for it. So, I'll invite the band up now, actually. And we're going to sing together a wonderful song about prayer. But I'd like to invite everyone to stand as we pray together before they sing. What a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, we praise you that your Holy Spirit is stirring amongst us. Your Holy Spirit is here. Jesus, you promised to be with us always to the very end of the age, and that includes now. We cry to you today in the midst of our weakness, in the midst of our burnout, in the midst of our skepticism, in the midst of our detachment from any sort of feeling that we want to do this, from our our cynical feeling of just not wanting to bother. Lord, we cry to you, teach us, teach us as individuals, teach us as a church to pray. Teach us as a nation to pray. Pour out the rain of your Holy Spirit on this nation. Pour out the rain of prayer. Connect us with the infinite creativity of God. Connect us with that and change everything. Change the spiritual dryness, the spiritual dry place into a flourishing, flourishing, wonderful garden. Make those crocuses grow and let all of spring come to bloom in our church, in our land, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.